Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. But you also had people that were very fine people. Very fine people on both sides. And the, and the aliens would mind meld and give them the technology. They're bad aliens. So the, uh, Are you surprised the Nazis were influenced by demons? No, if demons are real, I would definitely think they'd be on the side of the Nazis. Yeah. McDonald's is connected to the Clintons. They chop up the bodies and put them into the sausage and hamburgers. People are being cannibalized. Look it up. And I'm watching CNN talk about this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything in our power to keep this peaceful, you know? It's uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. You're listening to Yeah Na Pasaram, a show about fascism and its gravediggers. I'm Cam Smith. I'm Andy Fleming. And we're joined this week by Tom Tanuki. And now, Tom, I realised last time we had him on... I only introduced him via, like, old projects that he'd been involved in, like Yard, yelling at racist dogs. But he's got all of this new stuff going on. I never let him uh, plug any of it. So, Tom Tanuki, obviously, you know him from Yard, but you'd also know him from things like Million Flag Patriots. How are you, Tom? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I, I don't know what I do now. I think I've just become a, a lowly YouTuber. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now I've, I've undertaken the undignified task of doing 45-minute videos where I where I lecture people about things. Uh, Tom, you can hear on the podcast, The Poor Can Feed the Birds. And, of course, as he mentioned, you can find him on YouTube, at Tom Tanuki, where he, uh, yeah, you've done some really interesting videos, actually, I'll just say. Thanks, mate. I um, yeah, I, th- I think I've seemed to have gone more towards a practice. I mean, particularly given that now, for the most part, we're all trapped inside. It seems a it seems a, a good time to start perfecting the craft of doing deep dives into subjects. And you know, I suppose in in our world, we tend to hyper fixate on on fringe movements, particularly those that we. We don't like so much. Sometimes we watch what they do and we talk about it. So the, if you if you do that, then this year that means looking at conspiracy people. No one would know that better than you, Cam. Hey, I know them all too well. But uh, the last time we spoke to you, we spoke about QAnon, uh, amongst other things. We talked about the mm-hmm. anti-lockdown movement, and that's what we're going to do yeah. again today. But hopefully, we won't just be saying the same things as last time. Yeah, I'll so I'll try and not. I'll try and be fresh, jazzy, and you. You know, hey, look, Q's had uh, Q's had a real springtime since the last time we talked. Like, you know, it's it's now it's the it's a big deal now, isn't it? And also, I think the drops might have been a bit thin on the ground the last time we spoke, and maybe they've ramped back up. Yeah, Q had a big lull at around the time of certainly at around the time of coronavirus, because you know, if you're you're a super spy who knows all the big hoaxes and such coming up, then you know, of course, you want to go on a bit of a hiatus when the largest event to affect the world in years occurs, don't you? <laughs> That's when you want to take a break, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, there were a few Q lulls, but, I mean, you know, I've got the little app on my phone. I get them. I get two drops a day at the moment, I think. It's, it's really Q time. And do you spend much time trying to interpret the meaning of these drops, Tom? Oh, man, I do my research. I'm yeah, a crumb good. baker. Um, I, I bake the crumbs constantly. No, look, I read them and they're always just facile rubbish. Really what they are is is invariably just sharing boomer tier memes from Facebook and other stuff, like the transparently paper-thin just garbage of them. It's just rabble-rousing meme garbage half the time and, and cryptic, indecipherable stuff, you know. The real Q action doesn't even happen with the Q drops, though, anymore, does it? It just happens when everyone else takes the Q message and then they do whatever the hell they like with with, with it or whatever, whatever is most profitable for them, hey. But how does this stuff translate to Australia, Tom? Have you had a chance to have a look at that? <laughs> I Yeah, okay, this is very nice. Look, I went for a feed bef- just before this chat, but before that I spent um, an eight or nine hours today editing the second part of my Aussie Q video. So it's really nice to have a bit of a break away from that because, you know, you get caught up in these big videos, I uh, 
there's one bit of the video in which I'm sort of talking about how the propagators of conspiracy theories like this are really just feeding the chooks. And so I got a bit of uh, footage of, of actual chooks being fed <laughs> and I was editing little placards with the letter Q on them. And I've spent <laughs> six hours doing that <laughs> to chickens. <laughs> It's um, it's, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. So what I mean to say is that yeah, I'm 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 into the second part of a, of a a longer video deep dive into into Q now. Can I say as well, Cam, um, your consistent and ongoing work into talking about anti-lockdown and Aussie Q stuff and sharing that kind of thing, I wouldn't be able to do this stuff without your hard and consistent work in that respect. And I, I've been consistently in all this year of how of your incredibly high tolerance for constantly looking at these people's videos. I don't know how I don't know how you stomach it. Oh, this is a nice little mutual appreciation society. <laughs> I mean, I just can't, I can't do it as much as you can. But yeah, I think you've also sorted out how to watch them on double time, the videos. Yeah, that's the trick. That's the trick, yeah. Triple time? Triple time works with some of the sovereign citizens, I think it would work, because some of them speak so slowly, eh? Yeah, when they, when they, they sound like they're on ketamine, you can usually get them up to almost three times speed. Uh, okay, so what was the question? Oh, yeah, Aussie Q. Well, we, we, we got our Aussie Q. I mean, we, it's not like we didn't have it previously. Although there was, a, it was a real reach. It was really just the, 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 the typical Donald Trump deification work and the, the fascist spy fantasy stuff that is classic American Q. But, you know, of course, we've, there's a bit of a chest bug this year. Some of your listeners may have, may have been made aware of a chest bug that's doing the rounds. And it's having an effect on people, and it's having an effect, obviously, on conspiracy theories, as anyone who follows us um, would know. So we have a supercharge. You know, all conspiracy theories have received a shot in the arm. And I, I would say in a round, it took until about July, August for Q to Q adjacent theories to really uh, solidify in their sort of Aussie contextualization. Mostly, I think, through the whole children in underground tunnels slash save the children stuff. I don't know. Would, would, would you agree that was our first time we started having a real solid dose of Q in Australia? Yeah. I mean, th- there was always, th- there was this sort of pedophile conspiracy involving the Australian government that's been bubbling along for a while. It might even predate Q, our local thing. And I sort of saw QAnon getting incorporated into that. But, yeah, I think the tunnels thing was maybe the first part of it here. Well, we've also always had our ritual sex ring stuff, haven't we? We've we've got Fiona Barnett over here. But I I think I first realised that we were inevitably going to get an Aussie version of Q when I was watching uh, Fall of the Cabal and which, you know, if any of your listeners don't know, it's the uh, 87,000 part uh, uh, documentary that exists on, I think, only on BitChute nowadays. And it's it's all about the the extended Q universe, and it sort of hit, it goes through it's eight or nine parts, and it it goes it goes for far too long, and for most of it it's it's sort of bubbling beneath the surface, and then in the last couple of parts it just explodes on you with this full um, cabal pedophile ring uh, fantasy world, and. In one of those final parts, it mentions global examples of testimony regarding the pedophile sex ring uh, around the world, and it mentions Fiona Barnett. And when it mentioned that, I thought, yeah, this is how we're going to get it. And indeed it is, you know. I mean, you know, the, the lasting staying power in our imaginations of religious-slash-political pedophile sex rings and the fact that sometimes it's grounded in truth, I suppose, combined with, you know, the rest of the stuff, this this lasting delusion about children trapped in tunnels, that's how we got Aussie Q, it seems. And now everything else, I mean, now it's just a six-month pipeline from that to Australians who, who live in this alternate uh, American fantasy land where they post about Donald Trump all the time. So, But it's, it's, it's ability to, via Save the Children stuff, to get a whole range of different political persuasions in is, is what I found fascinating, you know. 
I talk a lot in the Aussie Q videos about how your auntie, uh, you know, using her as an example, your auntie may not, she might not be that far right wing now, but she might be quite left. She might just be a spiritual hippie type. But there's this broad appeal to things like Save the Children and Great Awakenings. There's almost a hippie-like quality to it, particularly when you you, you tone down the whole MAGA element of, of traditional Q. And it's getting people in there. But Q is not just a conspiracy theory, is it? It is this conspiracy theory that is meant to drag you right after a few months. So your auntie's going to be talking about make it, make Australia great again in six months if she isn't right now. We've got the tunnels that appeared in the US being transplanted to Australia, but are there any unique elements that the Australian mob has introduced to Q? One of the funner things that I, I heard was, was a Q-pilled person talking about how the deep state or the cabal built the layout of CBD Melbourne, which, as we know, is a grid, built it. It's basically a construct through which a magical spell can be cast over the population of Melbourne, right? Mm. Now, it's connected. That grid is connected to the uh, MCG, which is just down the road. Now, this particular Q-Pill person was saying it's modelled on a, a, a 4D hypercube design, which, you know, I haven't done my research, so I don't know as much as, as they do about what that means. But here's the thing. Now, during before the pandemic, everyone would go into the MCG and they'd go and watch their footy games or their big concerts and they'd all cheer on and they'd roar. Now, what that would do is that would go through and it would charge the grid of the 4D Hypercube Melbourne CBD and it would release the dream spell and that would keep all the Melbournians asleep, you know, like sheeple. But now during coronavirus, no one's going to the MCG. So everyone's at home and that, Uh, and they're not being sent to sleep. That's why there's so many people are waking up and that's why the conspiracy movement has had such a shot in the arm. So I thought that was a really cool way of explaining using fantasy dream conspiracy logic why suddenly during a pandemic the, the conspiracy movement has so many more people. Of course, it can't just be that everyone's terrified and they want a, a fantasy answer to their, their real-life sad questions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 4D Hypercube, guys, MCG, get on it. I've been telling journalists it's because people have had more time at home to, to you know, get on the internet and get lost in rabbit holes. I wish I'd known about the Hypercube. No, I think you should start. I call those journos back before it go. whatever it is goes to print and um, tell them... <laughs> Tell them, tell them you've done tell your research. I've just got a, I've just got one more thing. The hypercube. Put the hypercube in. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the population needs to know. So that's one thing I've seen. But uh, you know, I, I, what I mostly find though is that the contextualization is paper thin. I mean, all they had to do was change the place names, didn't they? There was a, a lasting theory about mole children, children trapped underground, uh, used for adrenochrome and for sexual ple- pleasure, and and so on and so forth by the deep state. And that was supposed to be happening underneath Central Park in New York because New York has a big uh, series of underground tunnels and what have you. Uh, so as it happens to Melbourne, I mean, Melbourne is, after all, the international founding place of the Cave Clan, which that was where Cave Clan started in the 80s, because we do. We have a lot of tunnels underneath the city. So so that makes sense. But all they've really done is they've just changed the place now. They've just said instead of under New York, it's underneath Melbourne tunnels, you know. But I think, you know, it just, it's got that lasting global appeal to say, you know, to, to people, to bored and scared families, parents. It's a, it's a good, it seems to be a good entry point to what is essentially a, a far right big tech conspiracy theory. It's a softer entry, right, because it appeals to people's fear for children. You don't need to convince people to to worry about kids. That's a pretty popular cause, (laughs) you know. I can confirm one of the founders of the Cave Clan got in touch and Mm. uh, they confirmed there are no children in the tunnels. I was talking to a couple of Cave Clan people myself. There was a thing, I, I, unfortunately, we didn't get in touch with each other in time, but I, I was thinking for a little while that maybe it might have made sense for that to be in my first Aussie QAnon video because I did dwell on the children in tunnels thing for a little while. But, you know, the question was, you know, if you, you know, at least in my head was like, if I get a member of the Cave Clan to talk to me, do you get, do you, do you have a conversation with him in which you go, are there children under tunnels? No. 
Or do you seize upon the opportunity to talk to the cable clan and go, are there kids in the tunnels? And then they go, yes. And then you see <laughs> what everyone says about that. That, they, that would be pretty funny. But it, we didn't really get around to it. That might be well, for the best. The cave yeah. plan are young at heart, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you know, because that would raise a whole other series of questions. You know, if there were, if they did say the kids under the end, and the next question would be, is you know, what were you doing? You know, you're all going around getting photos, going through these stormwater drains, and you're just like, oh, there's fifty adrenochrome children trapped. Let's just move on. You know, what? How irresponsible of them to do that. Maybe the uh, Dole Army could be interrogated as well, because I understand they lived under Melbourne. <laughs> that was their location, wasn't it? Yes. It was, yeah. yes. Lots of irresponsible um, subcultural Melburnians are clearly complicit in one way or another in this whole controversy. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, it does all seem to be basically transplanted with just the place names changed. I did – one of the weird thing I saw when I was talking to someone about, uh, you know, they say, oh, We've been hearing explosions underground, and that's how we know the military's down there. I was speaking mm. to someone, and they're like, yeah, I did hear explosions underground. You know, they're drilling a big tunnel under Melbourne <laughs> at the yes, moment. They, they are. They that's literally are, happening. There are explosions. <laughs> yeah, see, there's an element of truth to this. Ah. Yeah. yeah, they are building tunnels underneath Melbourne. So I guess, I guess, yeah, okay. Because when I didn't stop to think about that, and then when I saw about the explosions, I thought, oh, here we go. They're just copying the points of the Q, you know, uh, uh, f- fan base in America wholesale, because of course that's all they ever spent their time doing. And, you know, America regularly gets earthquakes, but here in, you know, here in Melbourne, not so much, hey. Well, um, I'd say that every time that there's an earthquake, they say, oh, this is the tunnels. And then because the earthquakes, you know, I guess there's earthquakes maybe not as often as in America, but in Australia, they're all over the place, like hmm. in somewhere completely unpopulated. And so this is why now the tunnel thing is expanded to not just tunnels under Melbourne, but an interconnected web of tunnels around Australia and through, you know, the middle of nowhere because we have to match them up with where the earthquakes happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have seen uh, rudimentary maps suggesting that there's tunnels everywhere. I mean, of course, we can't even get an overground high-speed rail network, but, yeah. You know, there's all we, these trees we, in the way. Yeah, that's right. But we can get this, you know, evil pedophile tunnel network that spans the entire nation. That sounds very efficient. That, 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 that is how the deep state would work, isn't it, I suppose? We know they're real priorities. So, um, Tom, how do you feel about freedom? Is that a good thing? Oh, I love it. I love it. And uh, I'm real. Ah, oh, it's just, you know, just the, just the deforced abstract notion of it just, just sent, gets my heart a flutter. It makes my, you know, it makes the, the hairs of my arm stand on end. I love freedom. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I just wanted to wish you both a happy Freedom Day for last weekend. <laughs> yeah. How, how was your Freedom Day? Seriously, guys. Happy. Yeah, you know, happy Freedom Day, and I hope you enjoyed it in the furriest way that you know how. Um, yeah, I, I had a good, I had a good Freedom Day. I actually wanted to go out to one of the Freedom Day events, but was was homebound watching the life, the plentiful live streams on the day. How did you? How did you guys um, enjoy your Freedom Days? Did you? You know, did you did you get out there and film a copper on portrait? Uh, no, I didn't, but I did watch some uh, fascinating material, including uh, a shocking story about uh, an intrepid journalist who was prevented from doing their work through the intervention of the uh, CCP-sponsored police. Yeah, commie dictator Dan. He's yeah. talking about one of the finest in journalists in the land, Walkley Award recipient Arva Yemeni. Yes, I am. How did you know? Mm. He's um, he's really he's a good journalist. What what defines? <laughs> what defines it? Is it if you have a press pass? Does he actually have a press pass? Can I get one? Is that how you do it? Do you just get get? It? I don't know. I'm ignorant. I, I'm. 
woefully ignorant on this. Does he have a press pass? I think you just have to put a little thing that says press India into the band of your hat, right? So after he got arrested, and he did say to them, and I've seen this, this was a deja vu moment for me, Avi Yemeni at a protest lying on the ground telling the police to read a little letter in his pocket. This this has happened <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> Everything that happens with Avi Yemeni is deja vu. This is what I hate about this guy. He's just the, this, this yappy, persistent, deja vu, Groundhog Day, Chihuahua energy. Just He never does anything different. You know, everyone else has given up. Blair Cottrell's just given up. He's at home. He just whinges on Telegram about how banned he is, you know. Neil Erickson's given up. They've all given up. Avi's still doing exactly the same thing. And I should admire that tenacity, but I just, <laughs> he's just a really irritating guy, you know? You don't have to, Tom. It's okay. So he got, yeah, so he got arrested during Freedom Day. But yeah, no, hang on. He only got a caution, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he, he did apparently receive a caution. But then I think, I'm not sure what the story is exactly, but he did receive a visit from police later that evening, I think, just to. Drop in and say good day. Listen, I, I, I assume I can speak for all of us when I say that we don't appreciate or condone the excesses of the bloody Vic poll during the pandemic. I, I'm not, I don't sit there cheering them on. I don't wish upon my my enemies or the people I dislike that the, the increasingly militarised Vic poll do exactly what they were designed to do to them. I'm not interested. I don't count it as a win when someone I don't like ends up with a Vic poll boot on their face. You know, I don't, and that whether that be at the events or whether that be them going around doing these compliance checks or people or really on any of the excesses of, of their policing. You know, I don't think that the answer to the community crisis and to this medical you know, crisis, this pandemic is through policing and through VicPol, you know, resolving everything with a fine. I, I really, really don't believe that. However, I make an exception for RVM. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I just, it's not, it's not specifically the, the cops thing. I just, I generally, I, I, I have a little titter whenever anything unfortunate happens to him. That's just the relationship we've developed over time, he and I. Well, I think also those sorts of incidents actually become, you know, further opportunities for marketing, really, because it's like, you know, I think Arvey was trending on Twitter the other day mm. and uh, there were any number of accounts who I don't think would either know and even if they did, um, I'm uncertain if they'd care, given uh, Arvey's record, you know, this uh, brave uh, truth-telling journalist was detained which is another instance of communist repression in uh, uh, Mexico. And, I, I, you know, I, I try to correct the record as regards people like him because you know that you need to be there to do it, you know, and I, I, I know that you do the same thing as well, sack bastard. Uh, you know, someone needs to be there to try and correct the record, even if not that many people are listening to you. If there's one voice there at some point in the background going, no, here, hang on, here's what the history of this person is, you know. Not that Avi Yemeni is a, exactly a very popular figure amongst, you know, the mainstream media or what you, but he is a very tenacious uh, self-marketer. And, and he, and long will he continue to be so. So, you know, and he continues to ha have successes, um, in his, in his ability to market himself. You know, he's just scored a gig for himself at Rebel News. And we, I, you know, I foresee future successes for him with, with his capacity to self market. So we can see him getting pushed to the ground. You know, as I tried to correct afterwards in terms of the record on, on, on online, I, that's contextually probably because RV Yemeni has been being pushed to the ground by coppers for trying to bait and provoke left rallies for years now. You know, I don't didn't see it happen to any other journalists, 
But then again, Avi is not other journalists. Avi Yemeni is Avi Yemeni. So that's why what happened to him happened to him. But you do, you, you need to be there to, to correct the record on people like that because they, they rely on, on this kind of angling as, as regards, you know, repackaging every event that happens. He's probably, he's nowhere near as effective as him, but he's the closest that we've got in terms of, you know, a successful grifter to like, you know, the likes of your Andy knows or whatever you overseas. So you need to be there to continue to correct the record, hey, because they'll end up, they'll end up snatching these movements. Like, you know, this is a, a grassroots, for want of a better word, type movement, this anti-lockdown thing, but people like that will use it to their own ends, you know, and repackage stuff that happens to them. Um, uh, uh, for more marketing material. Well, Tom, we're going to have to leave it there for the radio, but uh, if people tune into the podcast version, which you can do at 3cr.org.au slash yeah, or look us up on Apple Podcasts, you will be able to hear a few more questions with Tom. But uh, just in the meantime, on the wireless, Tom, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, make sure people check out The Poor Can Feed the Birds and Tom Tanuki on YouTube. And my second part of my Aussie Q video, which should be out by Friday. We will catch you next week. Global Intifada is up next. So, Tom, what did you make of the rest of Freedom Day? Uh, how did you feel it differed from the, those anti-lockdown protests back in May that we talked about? Look, my personal take, and I'd love to see what you think, I don't think, I didn't get much of a sense of it, it differing in terms of its, its aims or its thrust, but I do see a more diverse crowd in attendance now, it, it, you know, the, it has the the appeal of the anti-lockdown movement to hippies, neo-spiritualists has completely solidified the work that they have done, the work that the various components of the anti-lockdown movement, like the anti-vaxxers and what have you, have done, has now got its claws in with a much broader cross-section of the community. So in the attendance, in the kinds of a people attending, you can definitely see a difference there. I, I don't think in terms of the messaging of the event itself that there was i still think it's the anti-lockdown movement i know but it's just it seems a lot more palatable now to a lot more people and it's a very odd rally uh or series of rallies last weekend is it's possibly the first i've ever encountered where almost everyone you know many people that i know came to me and said oh my god my cousin is there my husband is there my, my, you know, my parent is there, and you know, and they didn't know, and suddenly they're watching their their mum on a live stream screaming at the cops about freedom, and there's been a lot of surprises for people, I suppose. But this is this maybe this was always destined to happen, just with the the continuing disenchantment that people feel with the uh, understandably horrible circumstances of the pandemic. Um, this would appear to offer an easy release, if if for nothing else but to walk around and feel like an info warrior on Saturday around Melbourne, which you're not really allowed to do the rest of the time, are you? Yeah. I feel like maybe the Melbourne one had a sort of chaotic energy because of the, in, in the circumstances leading up to it where like all of the people who had backed it originally except with the exception of a few pulled their support and so you had this very motley crew I described them as how many people do we think attended I have very conflicting numbers of Melbourne to me it looked like maybe in the vicinity of 4 to 500 Mm, yep, yep. So everything I heard, sort of some people going up to 300, some people suggested more. Yeah, I think it would have been a very, very big rally if, if, if the circumstances were different and if those organisers hadn't pulled out, but they didn't take them much to really crumble. Now, that's, these are the same people that, that talk consistently about these sort of little fascist power fantasies in which everyone's going to execute Dan Andrews and then take over. And, you know, they're ostensibly you know, confronting the state, at least in their daily Facebook live rhetoric, and all it took was a few visits from coppers and a couple of warnings for them to just flake all of a sudden and then start attacking each other. Yeah, it's been interesting to see uh, everyone accusing everyone else of being a cop. People who said the rally's off are a cop now, but also the people who said the rally was still on are being accused of being a cop because they led people into, you know, the sheep to the slaughter. Who's currently number one in the cop rankings, do you think? I think it's Craig Cole. Well, I, th I did see someone point out Craig Cole, CC, C equals three, 33, the highest uh, Freemason power number. 
yeah, it says it all. Can I, shall I go on to the um, uh, Gematrix dot uh, org and type his name in? Yes, please. <laughs> Gematrix.org. What, what Yana Passaran has been uh, missing up until now is a regular Gematria segment. I start, I've been doing it. I did it at home with <laughs> I did it at home with my partner yesterday. We were we remembered that there was some old man who used to come on my Facebook page and he used to abuse me in um very uh just you know, incoherent kind of patriot boomer terms. And um my partner hit me with the some of the things she just suddenly messaged me. She began through the notes on her phone and she messaged me some of the things that he'd been saying. And I ran a couple of them through the uh, Gematria calculator. And for everyone at home, it's, this is a big conspiracy tool. It's ways to find out secret codes and things, basically. It's G-E-M-A-T-R-I-X.org. And I put some of those codes in and actually they ended up translating in the in, in code to some really loving biblical statements. So it was actually real nice. It was a really nice um, That's nice. Uh, conclusion. Yeah. For, for, for people that don't know, Gematria is like an ancient art of divining meaning from uh, words and letters. So every letter has, you know, a corresponding number, uh, you know, A equals one, B equals two, and then... Sort of, I think the way that you're supposed to, the way they're doing it is that you work out the number that your words add up to, and then you look at other words that come to the same number, and then you can say, all right, they said this, and what they meant was this. I have got some really telling, I've got a big reveal. Uh, Craig Cole, his name, and for everyone at home who's not aware, um, Craig Cole is... Uh, an ex-wrestler, uh, Pitbull, um, ran his own wrestling federation and turned into, he runs the, I think he runs the St Kilda Rebellion page now. And he, he's been, he's been one of the, he was been one of the first anti-lockdown heads. Uh, you know, that the rally that everyone thought that Thanos Panagides organised, he actually organised. It was the one, the, the big, first big Melbourne anti-lockdown rally. So big respect to Craig Cole. Well, I thought so anyway, until I searched his name in the Jewish Geometric Code and the closest match is Barack Obama. Oh, Ooh. my God. Right. Yeah. Dear, oh, dear. Um, this is going to blow so many minds, Tom. Deep state. Deep state, guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this tool. I love this tool. I'm going to start. You know what? I might start basing my videos around this now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I will just search that and then whatever entry you know, fits with whatever I'm trying to say, I can count that as a proof. Yeah, Geometria, I, I feel like it's made a big comeback in the conspiracy world lately. Uh, I definitely see a lot of people, like a lot of these Q-types will take Trump tweets and any letter that he capitalises, they say, all right, those are the only ones to run through the Geometria. And then they divine his secret meaning that way. So they're sort of adding yeah. this layer of logic onto it. They're saying, we're not, you know, we're not crazy. We're only going off the capital letters. Cause, and he does do, like, weird capitalisation. He does do very odd capitalisation. But, you know, so... so I, and that's why I find odd, because so, you would assume, do, so do lots of his followers. You know, that kind of Facebook boomer, rage boomers tend to capitalise a lot of things. So I don't know why they find that to be so standout. Just people with a certain, you know, grasp of, of the written lang English language... Uh, tend to capitalise words that they find more important. <laughs> it just happens, you know. But anyway, yeah, no, sorry. I, why, why am I being so cynical? It's all code. Well, I get the weird thing about Dramatria to me was like a few years ago, I would see these guys on YouTube do it for everything, like these false flag guys. Every time there was any sort of terrible event, they would start running all of the different keywords relating to it through, you know, Dramatrics and getting divining the secret meaning of these events from that because of mm. course all of these events had been put in motion by the freemasons or the jews or the jesuits or whoever and so we can find out what they're really trying to tell us even though why would they be sending you a message but whatever and it always i know this might have been i feel like this might have been a naive interpretation but to me it seemed like there was this element of schizophrenia going on where you're divining these secret messages uh from 
terrible events, you know, secret messages only you can understand. I think that might have been mm-hmm. a bit wrong-headed because I see these QAnon guys doing it now and it's like, well, yeah, I guess divining a secret message only for you from the news is a sort of thing you would associate with mental illness, but it's not so much when you've learned how to do it from watching a YouTube video. <laughs> Yeah, it's the the instructed path for how, you know, the worldview of Q is telling you this is what's happening, you know. And actually, it's not just for you specifically. It's for for everyone who's down with the plan, you know, everyone who's – so so. it's just – it, it is. I mean, it, it, it does sound – it's something that would have been uh, excused away at some point by mental illness. However, if you understand the Q world, suddenly there's a whole world of them who know better, hey? Yeah, I guess I mean, even the Q drops themselves, like if you were to say some, to someone, oh, yeah, I'm getting a secret message from the president. Mm. But as you've said, you can pull that secret message that you got from the president up on your phone. Yes, totally. Am I the only one who has the Q alerts app? Did, did you have it? Yes, you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that in my life. <laughs> what are you scared? Trust the plan. Trust the plan, Cam. That's what I. That's my advice for you, Tom. Did you pay much attention to uh, Freedom Day outside of Melbourne, including in Brisbane? Because I was informed by someone that the Brisbane rally was probably the largest. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm pretty remiss in not giving a big shout out to Brisbane. Somewhat, people reckon they went from anywhere up to, I think the most generous estimates were three or four thousand people. But you know, I, I, I was up in, uh, Brisbane for the Black Lives Matter event. I happened to be up this way at that time. And that event had about 50,000 people at it. And that's, Huge. And I just, I previously, I hadn't really known that about Brisbane that they get these large events. I mean, not, not that I'm trying to equate an attendance at Black Lives Matter with an attendance in anti-lockdown. I just, I had always inaccurately, as it turns out, associated the city with very small activists or protest turnouts. However, that's just been a really surprising thing. But yeah, three or four thousand people. And, you know, looking at the photos of it and what have you, there were quite a few QAnons there. And, um, there were, there were a lot of the I, what are they called? IMOP, the mm. anti-vax lot, um, who I'd love to look more into. And also, yeah, I mean, you had the whole spread, didn't you? You had the um, far-right Proud Boys of Brisbane had shown up there to, to have a wander about. And someone reported back to me that they thought they might have been drunk when they were wandering around, which is, you know. That's which is, I, I, I guess that's part of freedom, isn't it? To drink. To day yes. drink. Yes, the freedom the Aussie freedom to be drunk at a rally. I did see uh, one QAnon person who uh, did visit Melbourne briefly. Uh, Simeon was at mm. the at the Brisbane rally. Yeah, how's it going? Got up there. Well, he he ret- he came down to Melbourne when uh, when the Flemington Towers were locked down. He and another QAnon guy came to Melbourne to save it. They were going to disarm mm-hmm. the police. Yeah, and Simeon has made his way back to. Brisbane via uh, he's he's gone up he's taken a circuitous route back to Brisbane but I saw him in photos there and he had a lanyard with his (laughs) name and address and phone number and everything on it but also it was stamped by the postmaster general (laughs) so it's a strange lanyard it's um I saw it as well it's got it's got a red flag the 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 powerful magic red ensign of the people on it, um, and uh, what what is it sort of um, what title or, or or rights does that pass confer? In I wasn't sure when I was looking at it. I'm like, what is this thing supposed to be? Is this him sort of lapping as a diplomat or something? I think it might have just been a general, yeah, maybe a general diplomatic immunity pass, a, a backstage pass to the deep state. You know, this is a diplomatic approach to yeah, penetrating true. those corridors of power, saying, look, yeah. we're at war, but I'm here waving the flag of peace. I just want to talk. I did think it was interesting that it had that Postmaster General stamp on it, though. because I'm That made it very official. Well, I think that that's been put there by a guy called Russell Gould, who's an American sovereign citizen. And I was looking at him the other day because, uh, you know, those um, – Thin blue line flags that some cops wear. 
Yes. It's like the, a black Australian flag with the blue line through it. Cause they've, yeah. again, someone has transplanted the American thin blue line flag, which sort of makes sense because it's got stripes and they make one of the stripes into a blue line. Mm. But they've mm. taken the Australian flag and just whacked the stripe over it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it doesn't make look very good on the Australian one, but yeah. Some of these anti lockdown people were like, I don't get why they're wearing this flag because they don't understand these sort of simple concepts. Uh, <laughs> but the reason that they'd come up with is because this guy, Russell Gould, who is a sovereign citizen from the States and declared himself Postmaster General of the World, he came to oh, Australia. Did he? Yeah. But he came to Australia That's last really year big. and he copyrighted the Australian flag. <laughs> oh, I love this guy. It's cheeky. And I, I, really cheeky. I did a bit of a deep. His- <laughs> well, because the Corporation of Australia was bankrupt, so it was you know it's free for the taking. Wow, what a hawk! But I did a bit of research, and I discovered that he actually seemed to have come to Australia and signed documents with someone in Australia, conferring these flags over to him. And so I wonder if he's actually given the stamp himself on this lanyard. Is he, he does he walk among us? Is that is that possible? He might do. But the other interesting thing about him is that he worked really closely with this guy called David Wynn Miller, mm. who's the one that came up with like you know a lot of sovereign citizens put random punctuation into things. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally, yep. So David Wynn Miller is the guy that came up with that. And so you saw when Malcolm Roberts was accused of being a sovereign citizen, that's because he was using this quantum punctuation in his letters to Julia Gillard. Yeah, because Malcolm has a very strong sovereign citizen background, doesn't he? That's that's mm. his that's his um that's his background of research. To what what's um is the war still happening between the Sovereign citizens and the sort of the Q-pilled types, because I was really enjoying that for a while there. So the the who was the guy Simon Simon Maskey? Thank you, Simon Maskey was you know repeatedly threatening Steve Spears and the like that they were going to get their heads blown off in Gitmo. And I don't I don't think that they have uh, patched things up at all. No, I'm not saying eye to eye. <laughs> no one's saying eye to eye in their movement. And I really enjoy that phrase. We've all had experience seeing it happen with the Patriot movement and with different waves of white nationalism. I was, from the very moment that this all began, I was hoping for that phase. It's been fun to see it happen. But then again, this seems, it seems to be a lot more. Say, if, if I'm trying to look at this versus the Patriot movement, you know, I, I feel like this is, because the overarching circumstances that drive everyone to want to be part of the anti-lockdown movement are, are so uh, pervasive in everyone's lives, I don't feel like it's quite as reliant upon the, you know, the martyr figures, you know, the, the talking heads. They're the people that disseminate the information and people tend to enter by going, oh, you know, follow this guy, he speaks the truth and all that kind of thing. Yes, there is that element. But I noticed that when one of these people, you know, like obviously Fanos Paniedes has been told he can't even talk about protests until the next February, it doesn't seem to matter so much, you know, because the 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 what's keeping people there is the fact that everyone is being uh, impeded from a freely attending Bunnings on their own terms. And so that affects everyone. You know, that's obviously the biggest human rights travesty to have ever occurred. So Click and collect, guys. (laughs) Just do click and collect. Yeah, it seems easy. Yeah, so do you you agree that it doesn't seem as reliant upon? Yeah, I think you're definitely right. There was a honeymoon phase, I think, where because a lot of these guys, because there's, there's this really quick incubation phase that these people went through in, like, the, I guess their peeling or the radicalisation or whatever you want to call it. So many of these people fell into the into the conspiracy so quickly. And I, for some of them, it might have been because, you know, there was in the background there was, like, one little conspiracy theory, but they hadn't really dove in feet first the way that they have now. There was this sort of phase where they didn't know that when you're a conspiracy theorist, you're not even supposed to trust the other conspiracy theorists. And so they were still feeling that out. And now that a bit of time has passed, they've worked it out. I was like, oh, no, everyone's a shill except for me. Yeah, anyone who does something that I <coughs> like or that I feel makes me look silly when I'm representing this is therefore a, yeah, a, a plant. Now that they've gotten past that incubation phase, now they're 
fully into it where I see they're talking about protesting again this weekend and it's either going to be on the Saturday or the Sunday. And it's like, well, the people who were originally proposed the 13th of September are the same people who betrayed us on the 5th of September. Yeah, they were saying at the time we should do this on the 13th instead of the 5th. So we can't trust the 13th. But then anyone who's like, no, let's change it from the 13th to the 12th, well, it's like, that was what got us in trouble last time when we changed the date. So anyone saying change it from the 13th to the 12th is suspect. Yeah, it's difficult. (laughs) Difficult, but very funny to watch. It is funny to watch. I must say, I do kind of, you know what, it's not like it's that all that old, but I kind of do miss the raw creative energy of the the early, early anti-lockdown thing. I I miss March, April era. You know, I I do. The smashing of the TVs and the wear the 99% stuff is really funny when I look back on it. Um, I felt I had found something of a true north with looking at these people then. I'm like, oh, this is exciting. You know, I had some springtime old Patriot Movement vibes about it. Um, They were young. They were naive. And, um, you know, there was a point. I actually had conversations with Thanos Paniedis, and um, I was going to talk to him on my podcast. But then I thought it might be funny. I was going to argue with him. I was going to see if an argument might be had because in early days he just hadn't annoyed me that much. And I hadn't, I had got a sense from him that. That, that you know, I, I was looking in the things I was trying to tell everyone in the early days. You know what? They're not that racist. Is actually they, they seemed in the Facebook groups to be putting people down who were. And I thought, you know what? I don't agree with him, but I also don't think of him in a no platform style way. You know what I mean? I, I think that I can have an argument with this person. And he was very civil. But then, you know what happened? Then Black Lives Matter happened and they were all doing the This is Funded by Soros. And I thought, you know what, stuff you. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to you. Go to hell. <laughs> so you missed out on some uh, hot uh, recipe tips as well, Tom. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Has anyone watched him on the show? I'd really like to watch that old family food fight season and see how he was in it. My impression is that over the course of the last few months, uh, things have seemed to be taking a slightly darker turn mm. as the, uh, the the kind of frivolity and uh, relative degree of unseriousness that was present at the beginning mm. has soured. Um, because those who've thrown themselves into it have found themselves, you know, subject to uh, police repression, um, criticism from others, Mm -hmm. and as the pressures have mounted, uh, given the, you know, lengthening of the lockdown, um, there's a much higher level of despair and anger and upset, and hence there's more... Well, there seems to be, I could be wrong, but there seems to be more, the rhetoric that's been engaged in is increasingly engaging with more violent forms. Um, you know, it, it's becoming a bit grim in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm noticing the threats, you know, the, 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 fan, the fantastic threats against people in power like Daniel Andrews, they seem to be upping more and, you know, and I mean, I suppose if there is an element with movements like this of, of, of people kind, kind of like, uh, you know, externalising their internal turmoil regarding uh, things that they, you know, are being forced to commit to that they don't want to commit to, you know, so instead of you arguing internally with yourself about the uh, the the turmoils of the lockdown you sort of put it out there and you make everyone else argue with you about it you know if, if there's an element of that with them well you know that's 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 become you know would have become a, a you know the turmoil has just increased as you say you know over time and and they have soured and I, and you know what I have no doubt that it must have been very, very difficult to be in the position of someone like Thanos um, <laughs> over the past few months, you know, with all the police oversight. And, yeah, as you say, I mean, they're a very annoying pack of people, the sort of pack of cats to try and herd, you know, constantly accusing you of, you know, thanks for standing up or you're not standing up enough. Buddy, you're a cop. You're not a cop. You're a god figure. You're a cop again. You know, it's, they're a pity annoying bunch of people 
you know. So it can't have been easy. I mean, my advice to them is just don't do it and, you know, go and read a book or something. But it, it can't have been easy. So, you know, uh, big shout out to Fennels. <laughs> well, on that note, I was going to – we could have wrapped it up maybe one minute earlier when you'd said something quite profound, but we'll wrap it up on that note. <laughs> Let's do that. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Tom. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Always good to hear from you. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. Seven, six, commencing countdown engines on. Three, two, check ignition and may God's love be with you. Tim